From the power of voices in Los Angeles, it's Full Body Frequency. And I'm Laura Rice, your host. Joining me today are three wonderful men, romance-worthy men, who are literally in the thick of the dating game. Ron Baker Jr., comedian. Malcolm is a healthcare executive. And appearing for the second time on Full Body Frequency, Damon Do-Right Moore, a nonprofit executive and producer of the New York City base, The True Forum, A Way of Life. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Let's jump in. Since we often talk about love and relationships in terms of games, what stage or level of the dating game have you ascended? Meaning, what's your current status? Current status, I'm dating. Okay. Malcolm? Uh, currently unattached, but dating here and there. And Damon? No, I'm, I'm single, and I'm, a, I'm Aquarius. I have, I like long walks in the park and romance novels. Now, these questions are for Ron and Malcolm. I know you all have been married before. So how long have you been divorced? And how different is the dating scene since before you were married? Ron, why don't you go first on that one? Uh, first of all, these hoes ain't loyal. Ooh. Out here in the streets, it's tough. It is not like it used to be. I want to go back to do you like me, yes or no, circle, maybe. Can I carry your books? It was all so simple then. But now uh, with the uh, website... It's so many different sites that people can go on. Uh, what is the fish? What is it? Lake of fish? Plenty of fish. Plenty of fish. Throwthefishback.com is what it should be. Okay. Now, Malcolm, what say you? Yeah, I've been divorced for about 11 years now. And I actually like I, I like this new this new environment with regards to dating. I'm somewhat shy, so it's easier for me to manage the dating scene from a more of a, a distant point of view. So doing the online dating actually works for me as opposed to literally going up to someone trying to make that connection. Well, Damon, since you host relationship forums in New York City, what's the biggest shift in social behavior or cultural dating norms that you've witnessed or experienced the last five years? Well, Laura, I think that people are invading more strangers' space when it comes down to researching somebody or going there, going on their Facebook page or looking them up on the gram, I think that's just an invading an invasion of someone's space. So now you don't really get to meet the person on their terms, how they wanted to put their first foot, their best foot forward. It wasn't that they were being, they were being deceiving you of anything, but I think there's a time and place for everything. So if you already know four of my exes because you went on my page to look at it, that's kind of unfair. So now you're approaching me, you're approaching me as someone that dated these four women that you even researched those four women. So now you think you know my type. It's just a, a lot of nonsense where our technological advances have surpassed our morals and principles. Wow. Okay. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Full Body Frequency. This is Laura Rice, your date-worthy and adorable host. I'm speaking with three men who've taken on the dangerous task of sharing their dating philosophies and desires. Malcolm is a healthcare executive. Damon Moore is a nonprofit executive and relationship expert. And Ron Baker Jr. is a comedian, each of whom is single and dating. Talk to me about how your dating has changed since Steve Harvey released his book. I'm going to uh, reveal a somewhat unpopular opinion here. I'm mm -hmm. not a big fan of Steve Harvey's book, and it really goes it, it really goes back to 
skill set and expertise. And, and I'm, try, I'm still trying to figure out, like, wrap my brain around who made Steve Harvey an expert on relationships. That's what I want to know. And no, you know, man. The, the thing is, yeah, exactly. The thing is, I mean, you're talking about a person that, for one, has been divorced four or five, five times. Five times. Right, five times. Right. You know, so, again, world-class comedian, iconic comedian, but relationships, no, I, I leave that to someone that's more qualified to make those assertions. So I'll start with that. But, you know, in terms of the online dating thing, I've been doing the online dating thing pretty much, I want to say, for the last seven or eight years, mm-hmm. ever since I transitioned from Pittsburgh to Chicago. And again, it's worked for me. Typically, the most, probably the most popular dating site that I've frequented is blackpeoplemeet.com. I've had a lot of relationships that have blossomed since I've been a member of that site. But I want to okay. know. If you've dated a woman who's applied Steve Harvey's 90-day rule of waiting to have sex with you, did she successfully or unsuccessfully apply the 90-day rule, and why? Unsuccessfully. <laughs> because <laughs> okay. 90 why is that? rule, you know, certainly doesn't apply to me. Here, here's the thing, folks. We're not in high school anymore. And this right. Who's about- waiting 90 days? <laughs> i give you 90 yeah. minutes. Yeah, exactly. I, I take 90 minutes over 90 days. I mean, since Steve has applied his own rule of when to put out, I mean, for me, the line is drawn at like two weeks. Two or three weeks, if there's not a sexual intimate connection, then I'm, I'm kind of the assumption that she's not intimate, you know, because you can make that determination a lot quicker than 90 days. That's just my opinion. Right. Don't you think you can do it in a matter of minutes? That's Ron, the Baker Jr., the comedian. No, I mean, I'm serious. You can, in a matter of minutes, you can tell whether you connect with someone or not. True. Damon? Well, the the 90-day rule, remember, it all came about his theory because Ford wanted you to work there 90 days. I know a lot of people that are working jobs, not career, that get past the 90-day probation area. That's nothing. I mean, if it's nice woman, I'll wait eight months. That doesn't mean I'm not having sex in eight months. I'm just not having sex with her. And that's what it is. I mean, it's a silly thing if you're doing it for a silly reason. That does not prove that I like you. That does not prove that I'm going to keep you. Meaning that it does have value. That's your cookie. I got a cookie. Okay, it does have value. But if you make it into this great, awesome thing that nobody else in the world has, I mean, just to put it plainly, the price of Panani has went down. So if you're going to make that, that's it. You've got to get that. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. But if it's there, it's the price it's there. of Punani. I haven't heard that term, Punani. Yeah, he said the price of Punani down. has but gone exactly down. But what exactly is that price of Punani now? It's just, I mean, it's not the same thing. The 98 rule is just... It's a silly thing. I mean, is it, is it a Happy Meal? Is it Red Lobster? How do we measure this price? If all you have in your portfolio is your cookie, I'm sorry. You, you need to try something else. It's just well, the market price the has went down. People can get it on a regular now. This is what we're going to do. After this quick break, Full Body Frequency will return with more dating tips, tricks, and quips from Damon, Ron, and Malcolm. And when we come back from the break, Damon will elaborate about the price of the Punani. Stay tuned. When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Any daughter would do the same. 
But soon enough, he needed help doing more things. And it was up to me to be his personal shopper and financial manager, too. And before I knew it, Dad moved in with me. So I became his cook, his personal assistant, his physical therapist, and even his nurse. When I started taking care of Dad, I didn't realize all the roles I'd have to play. But no matter what, I know I'm still his daughter. We understand the many roles you play. And to help, we created an online caregiving resource center. At aarp.org caregiving, you can find resources and connect with the caregiving community. Together, we can better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving to learn more. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Full Body Frequency is back, and this is Laura Rice. My guests this episode are men who are absolutely dateable. Damon Moore is a New York City common sense relationship expert and a nonprofit executive. Ron Baker Jr. is a Chicago-based comedian who's performed with the likes of Bernie Mac, Robin Harris, Ricky Smiley, Jonathan Slocum, and Malcolm is a healthcare executive, foodie, and renaissance man. Let's go back to you, Damon. You were explaining the price of Punani in some detail before we left for the break. Continue. Okay, the price of Punani has went down, just like anything else in the market, whether it's a precious metal, whether it's pop bullies, it goes down, it goes up. Right now in this society, how women have treated themselves and how they have allowed others to treat them have brought the price down, meaning that it's easier for me to get Panani than it is for me to get $10 from a woman. Wow. They have no value to It's just I can get it. I can go online, the back page, and pay $60 for it. So why would I take you to go see a Broadway play and dinner that may run me $350? I guess the question is what type of Panani are you going for? So it's quality over quantity. Now you get somebody who you believe that, look, this is a quality person, and then, excuse me, she's just batshit crazy. That that kind of weighs out. I think that the good Lord put the best finale on the craziest women. <laughs> I, wait a minute. That's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, well, Can wait a I minute. say the word like I want to say the word? Go ahead. The, that is a valid point. The <laughs> best punani is on the craziest woman. Elaborate. You don't like her, right. but you like the Punana. Goodness. Oh, I've been in that situation so many oh times. My God. It's, it, it, I can't understand why they have to be so crazy to have the best Punani and the worst Punani. They're the best women in the world to, you know, help you yeah, out, be around, do, do but things for you. But then when you tap on the show, you uh, don't want to be bothered. Come on. You can have, you can have a good conversation with bad Punani. Okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Let's just Good bring... Punani, bad personality. Well, let's bring Malcolm into the mix right now. Malcolm, what say you? Good personality? No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Bad Punani. Okay, so you agree. Okay. Find a woman that embodies both of those qualities where she has a great personality and the booty is great. You know, great. So but wait a minute, wait a minute. Not, Both I'm of you all have been married and committed to women, you and Ron specifically, <laughs> Malcolm and Ron. So what was it about your ex-wives that made you commit to her? Was it the Punani? She wasn't that great of a person? I mean, like, what was it? Was it a mixture of both, or did you did you compromise on what it was that she offered? Well, my, my story is a little bit different. First of all, my wife was a 27-year-old virgin had never known a man, as the Bible would say. 
had not known a man at all. 27-year-old virgin, and I waited 13, 14 months we were engaged, and I never did touch her in that capacity. But my wife was a legitimate all-around wife. She met the standard of wife. A lot of these women out here are not wife material. They believe they are, but they're not. There's certain traits that go with being a wife. And my wife knew how to run a household. When we had kids, she was a great mother, still is a great mother. She was very efficient, very effective. She was a Proverbs 31 woman, if anybody knows Ruby's. what that is. She mm-hmm. was she was all of that. What I didn't, what I my, my situation was I had a good thing and didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Or I took things too far. Many times men will take things further than it needs to go. Every woman, every good woman will give you at least 5% trick off. When you get the six, seven, eight, nine, and ten percent trick off, now we have a problem. And I took things too far for too long. A lot of things begin to play a part into it. You know, finances, of course, is always an issue. But in terms of sex, she was great. Was she the best I ever had? No. Did I have to think about sometimes the best I ever had? Yes. Did I want to go back to sometimes that best I ever had? Yes. Because it's something about good punani that'll make a man do strength. You know, uh, Rick James said cocaine is a powerful drug. Punani is a powerful drug. Very so powerful let me ask you... the world. <laughs> <laughs> and man's number one natural weakness, as my dad says. Before we go any further, I just want to go, go back to something that you just said, Ron. You said that you'd gone too far. Yes. Did, did going too far, including going back to that great punani... No, wait a minute. Let me think. No, <laughs> no, I no, I love my wife. She's she, you know, she was great, and and, and it, again, that was not. It was an issue, but not as big of an issue. Mm-hmm. I think everybody can learn, but it's, some women are just skilled and gifted. Mm-hmm. And when you combine you. their verbal along with their physical, come on, some women can just talk to you the right way. Now let's go back to Malcolm. Malcolm, tell us what it was yep. about your wife that made you commit. I would say my naivete made me commit. <laughs> okay, explain that. You know no better. <laughs> now, I get that, but I want some specific things. <laughs> you didn't know no better. When you know better, you do better. <laughs> well, here's this way. And sometimes you still don't do better when you know better. You know, there's always a level of naivete when you get married at 23. Okay. Because I mean, you, don't, you don't know any better. So, I agree. I was 24. You know, she was my college love and you know there was some separation after college because I went to the Air Force and there was just that distance that kind of made us long for one another. You really don't take into account all the other things that are important in with regards to creating a successful marriage and that's do you guys get along? And that's where we just didn't we we just basically did not get along. The sex was great, kept a great household but we just, I mean, the personalities did not match up. So, in other words, you weren't friends? No, we weren't friends. We're cordial in the gist of our eight-year marriage. We were not friends. Okay. That's a good, I, I will go with that, too. The, the personalities sometimes just don't match up. Let's talk about how important is friendship in relationships, especially since the price of Hunani has gone down so much. How do you put a, do you put a value on friendship? Well, if... I'm 47, and these men sound like older men, too. At this stage in the game, sex is important, but not as important as it was when we were younger. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we, we want it more than we can do it. So relationship is very important because uh, conversation lasts much longer than sex. So I've got to be able to in- talk with you, engage with you, have common ground with you, share with you. Do we like the same kind of foods? Do we like the same kind of movies? Do we like the same kind of music? If we can share the sameness in those things, we can have a better relationship. Do you like adventure? Will you get on roller coasters as opposed to I want to be a merry-go-round? You know, what can we do together the more often that brings us closer together other than me being inside of you and you riding on top of me? Damon? Because of the price has went down, for me, friendship is essential. I think that that gives the relationship the substance. And in a friendship, we kind of want for the other person what we want for ourselves. And when everything else falls, fails, I think there's too many people that haven't created a friendship. And that's why they do not talk to their exes or they start hitting below the belt when they are into an argument because it's not your friend. I think you're supposed to be friends first. You know, you can't put the cart before the horse. Become friends. And then you lead to all that other stuff. And we're just talking about it. It just makes sex better when you like the person. Malcolm, let's revisit this. In terms of crazy women, great punani, clearly there may not be a friendship developing. So what do you do next? Yeah, I mean, put it like this. If, if the punani is great, but there's no, you know, there's no friendship connection or can, can even relate, I'm just not going there anymore. I'm not. I've got better things to do than to deal with some crazy ass woman. Say like that again. Said, I can get sex anywhere, but I think Ron had mentioned. I mean, it's definitely a, a quality over quantity situation. You know, I'm in my forties as well, and I'm certainly not the level of sexual intimacy. I don't need it as much as I did when I was 23, 24. That's right. So we've got to connect spiritually. We've got to connect on a friendship level. I think, you know, uh, Laura, you and I have talked just having this tunnel vision worldview as opposed to having more of a, you know, broad-based worldview. And that was one of the main, I guess, challenges that me and my wife had. I mean, we're talking small-town southern woman that really hadn't been anywhere, that had never been on a plane before we got married. Opposed to myself that... I mean, I traveled as a kid. My parents were in the Air Force, so I traveled a lot. So just just some of the most asinine comments I've ever heard in my life from a college-educated woman. And I just like, yeah, there was just no connection. But, again, great. she's a great mother. She's a mother now. Ran a great household, great sex, but we just didn't connect, you know, on a, on a personal level. Well, let's go back to something, Malcolm, you mentioned a little while ago, online dating, specifically Christian Mingo, Tinder, Plenty of Fish, Match.com, Black People Me, and of course, any of the BBW sites or sites for plus size women. All of you have done online dating. What has the crop of women that you've run into yielded for you most recently, Ron? I've only used one site, Tinder, and I have not had great success with Tinder. It's been hit or miss. There's been a time or two I've been able to hit, but 
it's cool, but it's not giving me, it has not yet given me any great relationship. Back in the day, uh, there was the phone. Remember the phone, the chat line? Right. And I actually met someone from that chat line that I'm actually still friends with till today, which I think I find very interesting. Even though she's with someone else and I got with someone else, but we still do talk uh, from time to time. And we got along very well. Did not quite fit the package I was looking for, but we got along very well. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've come to understand, too, is that sometimes... The ones I get along the the best with may not be in that packaging that I always dreamed about. So I'm not so focused on packaging anymore as much as I am into the personality. That falls along with your getting older, looking for substance while you're dating. I want substance, but I'm still shallow. I'm still shallow. <laughs> what does that mean? That I, I am superficial. I am still superficial, but I try to fight through that, not to miss someone that is of great value for my life, and then me also being of value to that other person's life. Okay. There's always going to be moments and times and seasons of imbalance and being on different pages. The objective for me is to be on the same in the same book on the same page, and within the same paragraph of that page as often as possible, as opposed to just constantly being on different pages. First, let's be in the right book. Two, let's be on the right page. And three, let's be on the right paragraph. I almost sound like I can preach that, didn't I? Almost. The yeah. right book, the right page, <laughs> and the right paragraph. And ultimately, we can be on the same line at the same time. Have you ever been a student in school when they read along and they're all reading along? I'll read aloud, you read silently, and you're you're behind mm -hmm. and they're ahead, or you're ahead and they're behind. It's not syncing. I want to be in sync with whoever it is that I'm with. In sync. I don't want to be in the car and uh, we're just, we're together, but we're not together. Your body's here with me, but your mind is on the other side of town. The Bobby Womack? Uh, I believe that was the OJ. So, Damon, what, what say you after the gospel of dating, according to Ron? <laughs> <laughs> when it comes down to online dating, I'm technically a virgin. I haven't done it. And if someone goes online and looks at the, the true form, you pregnant or you're feel not? like they want to come out to the lounge and and, and meet me, that's cool. <clears throat> but I don't do it. I meet my, my crazy women the old-fashioned way, whether it be the laundromat, whether they came to a church dance, or whether they was in a lounge somewhere and we just sat there and spoke. But what I find, unfortunately, that seems to be a common denominator in our community if we have, like, a pandemic of low self-esteem running around. Oh, yeah, we like them with low self-esteem with all their teeth. That's okay. Yes, that's right. come on, with all okay. their teeth. The problem is they come to you, they have low self-esteem, all these insecurities, and these are the same young ladies that are throwing their hands up and telling you how independent they are, but yet they're so fragile. So I don't that's like right. that. You know, they, and, and sorry, we'll go back to Steve Harvey's book. And once again, I feel the same way. Steve Harvey is talking about somebody, a man, he's showing you to think like a man. It's impossible. Most of these guys walking around are not men. That's they right. haven't grown up around men. They they have a sharp image of a fuzzy concept. So how are you going to think like that guy? So it was kind of unfair to men, definitely unrealistic for women, and it just put them in a, a, a situation where they can put those 90-day rules on, where their insecurities, they can hide it and being a strong woman. You're not strong. Come on, you're misguided. Or sometimes I know guys that really have a problem with women 
I've met women that really have a problem with men. You just have That's a true. problem with men. Four young ladies standing there, and I go, hello. One of them is going to say, oh, you see how you say hello? How do you mm. say hello? Right, there's an attitude. He may not have no job. Girl, all he wants is this. What is wrong with you? And all you said was hello. All I said was hello. That's it. Okay. Particularly in the black community we're talking about. I think I told you something like that with my brother. But before we go too much further, I just want to throw this in, since Damon has done some not-so-traditional or conventional online dating. He has done some online meet people off of Facebook dating. So let's talk about your most harrowing online dating experience thus far. We're going to start with Malcolm and then go to Ron. <laughs> I, I would probably say that that women have a lot more integrity as it relates to online dating than, than us guys. Because what I've heard from women that I've dated online is that, you know, you'll get a guy that says, you know, he's six foot one and then when he shows up he's like five seven or something like that. Or there might be a weight issue or whatever the case may be. But more or less, women are fairly truthful with regards to, you know, what you see in the picture is what you're gonna get more or less when you meet him in person. But I would say probably the most harrowing experience I've had with online dating was this woman I met. You know, we connected you know, on a personal level, but just after we had sexual relations, but after the, the relationship went sour, she started to stalk me. Wow. Where okay. I, I literally, yeah, I had to go to the police and sit there while they called her and was like, do not contact Malcolm anymore. That's probably the craziest thing, but more or less I've had a, it's been a crapshoot. I mean, I've had some relationships. I've had some long relationships that were a year or more that I've had from dating women from black people. Meet. So, yeah, it's, it's probably 50-50 for me. Okay. Yeah, a stalker is a pretty big deal, Malcolm. <laughs> That's pretty big. So, Ron, what about you? I haven't had any uh, long-term relationships from the one site that I've been on. I've only been on one site, and, and that's it. I haven't, And I'm very recent and very, very new to it. I have had a situation of meeting, just being in a relationship with someone, as he said earlier, that turned out to be uh, crazier than I thought they would ever be. And I just stopped short of going to the police department to have a restraining order. But I haven't really, I can't say I've had any great long-term success with online dating. It just hasn't happened for me yet. Well, I'll just throw this in. I recently got rid of a five felon fellow. Five felons. Yeah, I, I Googled him because he said, oh, you should Google me, see what's going on. I found a mugshot, and he said, which one? At that point, I was, I, it was done. We had gone out on one date, and it was over at that point. Yeah, so there we go. And you stopped so, seeing him because he got locked up? I stopped seeing him because his explanations of the felonies put the ultimate responsibility on other people. He took oh. none of the responsibility. Yeah. So I understand that the system is really hard on brothers. I get that. It's rigged. It's it's absolutely rigged. However, at some point, you have to take responsibility for what you do instead of blaming every single person around you. But he told Great. me the stories of, about each and every felony. So at that point, I had to make a judgment call. And my judgment call was like, he was really stupid, and he took no responsibility for his own life. 
I didn't want to be with someone who takes no responsibility and almost has no remorse for what he's done. So that, that's it. That was it for me. And then I did have a stalker who lived across the street from me in Brooklyn. And I, I now live in Chicago. There we go. <laughs> All righty then. Uh, moving on to the next question. <laughs> right. What, <laughs> so what kind of precautions do you as men take with online dating? You said locked up. Everybody just got quiet. All the men were just like, hmm. Hey. It happens. It happens. I'm in a situation. Yeah, it happens. But what kind of precautions do you as men take when you online date? Are there Google phone numbers, separate cell phones, aliases, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Men don't care. Call me. Damon. You're Facebooking, so I'm going to leave you out of this. But, Malcolm, okay. what about you? Meeting in a public place. I mean, that's the first thing. I don't mind giving out my real cell phone number as opposed to, like, a, a Google voice number. But, yeah, I give out my real cell phone number. For one, I don't give my last name until we meet in person. And then I uh, meet in a public place. Typically, it's like a Starbucks or some type of uh, coffee shop. Okay, um, you know, really, really casual. Don't want to make, don't want to put too much pressure on ourselves during that first date. So it's certainly not like, you know, some fancy restaurant for the first date. It's really just low key, Starbucks coffee shop, and then if you want to go somewhere after that, that's fine. But yeah, keep it casual and formal the first first meet. I had somebody tell me I am more valuable than Starbucks. I'm like, it's the first time we're meeting you. I don't care. I'm like. Why am I going to start out way, way high, and we may not even get along? I don't care. I'm more valuable than Starbucks. And if you give out a, fa- a number that's not your real number, women are women are very easily offended. Why is this not your real number? Or how come, you know, they, they want the real everything right up front, and you just met them. But isn't that the expectation that you have as a man from a woman? No, I don't need to know everything up front. Let's, like I said, let's just meet. Let's see how we connect in person, and then we can go from there. But let's go back to real phone numbers. Is the expectation that you have for a real phone number? Absolutely. Just to contact. I mean, if I I can contact you, is the question. I just want to kind of mimic, you know, what would I do if I met this person in public, like at at a church function or at some meetup or whatever. I mean, I would give the woman my real phone number then, so why would it be different than... You know, if we're meeting online, I kind of I try to make those two, I guess, instances of mine. You know what I mean? So, just not the last name. The last name situation is very important. Right. Okay. And the same for her. It protects his safety. It protects her safety. So before we break, I just want to ask this question to all three of you: Are you the type of man that you'd want your mother or your sister to date? Let's start with you, Malcolm. Yeah, I would think so. And, you know, I've gotten confirmation on that, you know, from my I have a sister. And she has told me on several occasions, like, several men that she has wanted to date or are dating, you know, she said on several occasions that they remind me of you. That's gold. I mean, because it means that her head, you know, I'm not trying to break my arm and pat myself on the back here, but at least it tells me that her head is in the right place in terms of potential dating partners. And that applies to the the philosophy of the punani as well. Wait, what? Me. That sounds incestual for us. No, 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 no. I mean that if you he dated put my a woman in the who gave it up. Sure. Wait a minute, David. Hold on before you jump in. 
if you, Malcolm, if your sister dated a man who was just like, easy and free is a way to be, and wanted it almost immediately, is that the kind of man that you'd want your sister or your mother to date? <laughs> I think the, expect, the, the easy answer would be like, hell no, you know, I want them to wait until they're married. But that, that's just, you know, I'm not, I'm not naive. And no one's in high school here. It's not like there's any reputations on the line. I, I don't understand why women still do that. It's, like, it's not like I know your friends and I can, like, rat out that you <laughs> right. sex with me. We're going to go, go to the lunchroom cafeteria, and guess what? I just yeah. slept with Vicky. So Nobody's going to do that. You know, <laughs> as long as I would like to think that my mother and my sister make good judgments. So if they want to be sexually free and have sex with someone that they feel comfortable with in the first week, then that's fine. I mean, I don't necessarily want to hear about it. That's on them. <laughs> They're adults. That's on them. Right, yeah. I, I would expect that you wouldn't want to hear about it, but that's pretty liberating. You, you're, you're, you're pretty liberal with those thoughts and ideas, Malcolm. Right. Okay, so now, Damon, what about you? I think that's why a lot of my, uh, my cousins are uh, are single now because they're looking for somebody like me. I think I'm a mm. good catch. I'm going to respect you. I ain't going to punch you in your face. I ain't going to mess your credit up. I mean, at the end of the day, you want somebody... Those are to, good qualities. <laughs> you want somebody to inspire you, and you want to be inspirational to them. I'm not out here being dishonest with anybody. My thing is about I want to be fair to the situation. Fair meaning everybody does not understand on my level, and I may not understand on their level, but I know the key thing in a relationship is reciprocity. So as long as somebody is coming to the table and they're ready to reciprocate, whether that be love, understanding, support, I'm okay with it. I mean, by all means, if there was a... I know they broke the mold when they made me. Try, try this, the best. So they sure did. Know, they was a great guy. But anyway, I am an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Let the truth set you free. <laughs> that was Ron. Okay, Ron, so answer the question. Are you the type of man who you would want your sister or your mother to date? Yes. I, I'm the type of guy that every girl wants to bring home to their mother. Why is that? I'm, I'm nice. I'm funny. I have all the elements that you would want, I think, in a guy to come home to meet your mother. I'm courteous. I'm friendly. I'm self-sufficient. I know how to take care of myself. I know how to give back. I know how to take care of you. My mom and dad put a lot into myself and my brother to be able to be a good man to a good woman. So I, I actually will compliment them for what they did in putting into me. Uh, have I made some mistakes along the way? Yes, I have. I have had some bumps and some bruises that life will do. But I think I am the type of person that if you want to bring someone I'm the guy that said, listen, I'm going to this event. Can you go with me? Even if I'm not dating them, just come with me. I'm going to be around some friends or some family. Even though we're not dating, just come with me. Mm -hmm. I'm that guy. You're listening to Full Body Frequency, and after this quick break, we'll be right back. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me, 
Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. This is Laura Rice, and if you've just tuned in, you can listen to this episode of Full Body Frequency in its entirety by going to SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Today, my guest and I are talking about dating and relationships. Again, my guests are three great guys, eligible bachelors, if you will. Each is handsome, intelligent, looks great in suits, has his own teeth, and not a deal breaker in sight. But speaking of deal breakers, what are each of yours? Starting with Ron Baker Jr. I am not going to reveal that on the radio for the world to hear. You have to get to know me and find out what that is. Okay. Well, on the Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> deal Who's gonna make a deal breaker? You know, um, I smoke crack in my downtime. <laughs> I'm a hubcap collector. Deal breakers are probably personality based. I get along with women that have had lots of have lots of life life experiences, are open to new things, and that's really my probably my biggest deal breaker is trying to date someone who has a very narrow worldview. Like black people need to like need to do this, and black people need to vote like this, and you're talking like a white boy, and all this other crap. Again, the biggest one for me is just a woman that has very narrow worldview about life, society in general. And I can okay. spot it right away. I mean, like the first conversation, I can spot it. So. And what about you, Damon? Uh, Dale Bridges, for me, two things. One, I think, for me, I, I just, I just so worked up about it, and that's holding me to a standard you don't hold yourself to. Mm. That, that that really bothers me. And the second for me would definitely fall under treating me less than a king. Because if I treat you like a queen, you need to treat me like a king. And that's all to it. Don't talk to me like I'm some guy on the street corner and you helping me out. Right. Put some respect on it. Yeah, put some respect on it. Because I deserve it, I work hard for it, and I don't do it to you. So many times people, you know, they want to hold you to a standard that they don't hold themselves to. I just had a young lady get upset with me because I told her I don't think it's a good idea if she came to an event because I invited someone else. And I was like, I was just at three events and you had three different guys there. I didn't like the feeling, so I, I wasn't going to put you in that kind of situation. But yet, you act like I didn't have feelings. So it's just those things. It just pisses me off. And, you know, I have no room for it. It's just, it just shows me how ignorant you are, not only to your own behavior, but the, the effects of your behavior on other people. Essentially, Damon, you want to be treated the same way you would treat her and just to be there thoughtful. There you go. Mm -hmm. I'm going to treat you the same way that I would want to be treated. I'm going to respect you. I don't yell at people on the street. It's just it's nonsense. So I understand that we all come out of this situation and we're dysfunctional. And you know me, Laura. I don't even I don't even play the hanging up the phone on me bit. What you right. hanging up the phone on right. me for? This is not high school. So if you hang up the phone on me, that may be a deal breaker because you're telling me there's nothing I can say at this point that matters. And if I don't matter, why do we matter? 
Hmm. So, Damon, that means you wouldn't go for like these hood rat turn up girls? No, I don't do it. I don't. But the, the sad part about it is, is I that know what he's getting ready to I say. find that behavior in <laughs> someone who you may not consider a hood rat. I find that behavior, let's just say hanging up the phone. I find that uh, on a, someone having that habit that I wouldn't consider a hood rat. But this is what they did in their other relationships. So they bring so that somebody along, that's mature. Say, okay, this is how I communicate. When I get mad and I call you, I you know, I may cuss you out and hang the phone up on you. Really? Mature. That's what I think that's a lot of men. We want mature women. Mm-hmm. So going back to you, Ron Baker Jr., what are your deal breakers? Smoking. You know, I, I tried to get around that, I couldn't get around that. I do want you to have some type of faith base. I tried to get around that. I, I dated someone who said they didn't believe in anything. They didn't believe in God nor the devil, but they were a wonderful person. I, I grapple with that a little bit. Uh, immaturity, you know, and the, and not being available. I want you to be available and I want you to be present. So I'm going to start back with you, Ron. What deal breakers have you been called out for? That's what I thought you asked me at first. Oh, okay. That's Let's go back to that. Me, what am I, and I was like, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I think sometimes I have a tendency to be on a little bit of, of bullshit mm-hmm. from their perspective. Because I'm a comedian, I'm always around crowds and people, and that means women are in these crowds. So uh, there's oftentimes I'm being accused of doing something that I'm not doing. I have to deal with people. And many times I have to deal with women. And for the other woman, or for the woman that's my woman, they have to understand that that's just part of what comes with what I do. It doesn't mean I'm sleeping with everybody I shake hands with. This business of being a comedian is I can get a call in a moment to do anything or be anywhere. And I can't always have the time to communicate that as quickly as I want to. Sometimes they just have a hard time understanding what goes along with being an entertainer or a comedian more specifically. Comedians are very, very special people. I can come across as weird at times, my sense of humor. Uh, it's different probably than most. That's why I don't joke with people right off the bat because I don't know what their sensitivity to the type of humor that I like is. So I try to be uh, just normal. Malcolm, what deal breakers have you been called out for? Uh, probably emotionally distant. Damon, what about you? Okay, I've been called out not being emotionally available or physically available because of my, you know, my life, the decisions I've made as a black man to help my community. So I get pulled in different ways. And, you know, sometimes I come across as a people pleaser. I'll be the first to tell somebody, first name is take on responsibility, last name is spread me thin. And it frustrates me because in the beginning, everybody wants to be on your team. They love that about you. And just like they may love the way you work a room, you're flirtatious. That tends to be the same reason why they need to break the deal now because you're always in somebody's face or you always got to be the person that's, that's there for some young person and you, don't, and you don't have kids. So, you know, it's just trying to, I've been called out for not being the greatest reassurer and that's just being, lack of a better term, or a-hole and not mm. respecting the importance of somebody in your life and understanding that every relationship needs maintenance. 
That's very true. Um, yeah, sometimes people are in your corner, and you be like, well, she knows. She in my corner. But quality time is quality time. On the polar opposite end of the spectrum, I'm going to start this with Malcolm. What's your most desirable trait or quality that your date will recognize? I think that I'm a well-rounded individual. Or you had mentioned Renaissance man, and I think that's a pretty, uh, that statement is fairly apropos. My interests are fairly wide and varied, architecture, design, cars, art, physical fitness, runs the gamut. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I've done a lot. I've seen a lot of scuba diving. So, yeah, I mean, I think that I just, that my interests are wide and varied. I can, I can have a fairly intelligent conversation on a myriad of subjects. So I would say probably that's uh, my, probably my most bragged about uh, personality trait. That's pretty sexy. Sounds pretty sexy. Apropos. It's apropos. Myriad. It's, it's, Okay, now, Ron, Baker Jr., <laughs> the comedian. Now, what is your most desirable quality or trait per your date? I can make you laugh. So your your women... date would say you were funny? Your, the women you date would say you were funny? Yes. Every woman always says, I want somebody that makes me laugh. I don't intentionally necessarily try to make people laugh. It just kind of exudes out of me, and they laugh. The problem is they think I'm always going to make you laugh. And I was joking when I said you, they think you're funny. So, yeah, no, I get you it. are funny. I get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm attentive. I'm and, very attentive. I'm very, very attentive to them. When I'm with you, I, I am completely and totally focused on you and only you. So you are present. That is very your present. presence. And, and, and as you said earlier, you want someone that's going to reciprocate the same thing that you're giving out. But I also realize I can't expect everybody to do the same thing that I would do. And Damon? Well, I think what people would enjoy about me is my confidence. I, I really believe in myself, and I believe in the people that I surround myself with. I have an ability to make you feel like you are the only one in the room that matters. That's right. And I think that comes along with my confidence. Because once again, if I'm going to be a king, I can only be in line with a queen. And she's going to feel comfortable in that. So that'll be something that they say, oh, we need to keep her. And besides that, like I said, mm -hmm. you know, I love the Lord. And, you know, I can read more than two sentences. I'm all right. <laughs> you are more than all right, David. What is the most desirable quality your date should possess? I'm going to kick it off to Damon. Oh, we're not talking about nice booties. We're talking about... I, I, listen, you can that's say the whatever first, you want to say. The first thing that came to my mind was a big booty. <laughs> <laughs> when she said, um, I'm like, a big booty. Yeah, okay. No, what's sexy for me is confidence and the ability to check me without demeaning me. The ability mm. to have your compassion and appreciation balance yourself out when you deal with me. So, but you need confidence because I can't imagine the things that's going on in your head if I am shaking somebody's hand and they all smiling at me. So you need confidence to say, I deserve him and he deserves me. All the other stuff is all the other stuff. That's stuff on the outside. So that's always sexy for me. A person not saying, oh, I don't need you, but a person saying that we make each other better. And Ron? 
What about you? A big booty. Again, that's it. <laughs> I mean, really, that's it? Pretty much. Okay. Malcolm, <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give you a boring answer, but just having, just being nice, a genuinely nice person, you know, is, uh, is key. Man, you're supposed to say big booty. Yeah. <laughs> being nice is underrated. Some people just mean-spirited. Nah, they may not be mean to me, but we out eating and you mean to the waitress. What's wrong with you? I, listen, yeah, didn't I, I tell you that? I mean, because, again, you know, once you guys kind of make that transition to the quote-unquote, like, real date where you're going to a nice restaurant or whatever, what you just mentioned is something I pay attention to. Like, how do they okay. treat people that are in the service industry, people that are serving them? If they treat them with this condescending manner or, you know, it, it's not going to work for me because that, that, that kind of gives me a clue into how she treats the people in her life, how she would treat me. So... Yeah, just being a genuinely nice person is you guys kind of make the transition to the quote-unquote real date where you're going to a nice restaurant. One of the things that I pay attention to is how she treats the waitstaff, like the people that are serving her. And again, if she's treating them like, you know, in a condescending manner, like they're less than... And that's, that's a big red flag to me because, again, it, it would give some indication as to how she's going to treat me in the future, how she treats people around her. And I want to be with someone that's genuinely nice. I mean, I know it's a boring answer, but it, it's, it's definitely the, the highest priority for me. Big booty comes second. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there it is. <laughs> okay. Never trust a big button to smile. Hey. What haven't you done for love that you are willing to try whether or not you are in a relationship? And Ron, we're going to start with you. What am I willing to try for love mm -hmm. in a relationship? Whether or not you're in a relationship. Whether or not I'm in a relationship. Yeah. I don't, you know, marriage is kind of, because I put everything I had into my, my marriage, I don't know that I can say love again. I don't know that I can do that same thing again. I don't know that I'm willing to go out on that ledge again. I, I'm, you know, I'm probably too protected. So I, I really don't know. I safeguard myself, so I really don't know. I don't think there's, I don't think I do anything right now. That's fair. Malcolm? So what would I do for love that I haven't already done? Absolutely. I. That's a difficult question. <laughs> I, I've never moved for a woman. And I think I would, I, I, I could see myself doing that provided that I'm joining her in her city that I had a career job lined up already. But I, I, I could see myself moving for a woman, sure. Now, marriage, okay. like Ron said, I'm not, I'm probably not going to do that anymore. I can have a, a long, authentic relationship with a woman without crossing that line. Yep, that, that's it for me. I, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm afraid, but I, I lost the line with that first one. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to go through that anymore. I would be extremely hesitant to go down that path again. And Damon? Yeah, I haven't gone down that path, but I would marry somebody. I would. I'm 41 years old. Don't have any children. If I felt someone was ready to play team ball, I'm with it. 
Let's do it. Is there one that got away? And if you if you could, would you do over the relationship? Damon? No, I believe in a butterfly effect. What happens, what's supposed to happen. And it's not that you don't regret it. You know, it was beautiful. And at the end of the day, remember, we date each other to make each other better for other people. So I agree with that yeah, statement. You know, we just wasn't, that wasn't our time. So I wouldn't do that relationship over. But if we came together at another time, by all means. Because we learn every day. So if I, if you're saying I'm going back, come on, it's just not, it's unfair. Ron. The one that got away. I oftentimes think of a couple people that got away. But the reality is if I really wanted them, that's what I really would have done. Hmm. So, no. So when you say them, are you uh, into polyamory or are you no, polyamorous? No, I'm a couple of situations where oh, okay. I go, man, should I? You know, when you get married, you really start thinking, man, did I get the right one? Should I have gone for the one? There's some people I've had some really wonderful relationships with. But I can't say there's anyone that I would go back to at this time. You know, it, it's done. It's over with. Keep it moving. Okay. And Malcolm. Definitely. Yeah, there's, there's, there's two women that came to mind. I wish I had a do-over with, <laughs> you know, because more often than not, it was just, you know, one of them, it didn't work out because of distance, and the other one, I was just a complete jerk, too. And I wish I had a do-over for both of those. Final question. What is your relationship brand? Give me three words that describe your relationship brand. And we can take some time. You guys can think about it and then just chime in whenever you're ready. I've already got it. Active. Yeah, active, active. You know, this is probably another one of my deal breakers, but a woman that just wants to do the typical date things like dinner and a movie. Okay. It just gets old. It gets old real quick. So, mm -hmm. you know, having a woman that is active, likes to do things active, likes to go bike riding, you know, just a big guy. So kind of have that connection there. Yeah, just kind of do the, the dating things that are outside of, of the norm. You know, I like, I live in the suburbs of Chicago, given that I don't get downtown that much. So, you know, I, I kind of like to do the urban setting thing when on the weekend when I have free time. So, yeah, someone to do things with that down in the city is a big plus. So there are three words. So active is one. What are your other two? Active, physically fit, and again, I'm going to go back to that uh, phrase I used earlier. It's a more of a broad worldview. Nothing narrow. So, yeah. So active, fit, and broad. Broad worldview, yep. Ron, you ready? Uh, big booty, big booty, big booty. Okay. <laughs> Moving on <laughs> to Damon now. <laughs> I thought about that. I want them to be spiritual. Spiritual in the same sense that I'm spiritual. Because the devil is spiritual. So spiritual in the same sense that I'm spiritual. Open-minded. Open to try things that just not show so cut off. But very open-minded. So I gave you two. And, and big booty. Okay. So Ron, spiritual open-minded 
and booty. Spiritual, open-minded, and booty. Okay. No judgment. Damon. My relationship would be intentional. I think that's something that you, the relationship is something you make a decision about. You go into it with the intentions of doing something. Next, I would say inspirational. Once again, I want somebody that will inspire me to be better, not only because I am better, but because they deserve better, and in turn, I inspire them. So inspirational would be my second. And the last, I would like to just say adventurous. Let's do some things. You know, let's, let's, let's make each other feel great in different places. Let's make each other feel great on different levels. And we have to do those things in other places. We experience things together. So those would be my three. Intentional, mm-hmm. inspirational, and adventurous. All right. Well, Ron Baker Jr., comedian, Malcolm is a healthcare executive, and Damon Dewright Moore, a nonprofit executive and producer of the New York City based The Truth Forum, a way of life. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on Full Body Frequency today. Thank you for having me. Have me, Laura. Pleasure. Until next time, tune into your own full body frequency where large is luscious living.